And welcome to the Dr. Tommy Show live. How are you guys doing? Today is Thursday, beautiful day here in Wesley Chapel, Florida. I am Dr. Tommy McRoy, America's free market doctor. And your concierge medicine host for the day and your free market host for the day. And I'm pleased to have as a guest today, a special guest, is Chris Markford. He's a co-founder of the Florida chapter of the Florida Free Medical... Florida Free Market Medical Association. Correct? Close enough. There you go. No, say it again. <laughs> sure, I, I, it's, a, it's the Florida chapter of the Free Market Medical Association, the same group that uh, was founded by uh, Dr. Keith Smith out of Oklahoma. Uh-huh. So they're obviously the home base of it all, but they've been able to create these state chapters throughout the country. I might be wrong. I want to say maybe there might be eight other state chapters throughout mm-hmm. the country. We've started one here in Florida. Uh, we actually get to have our first meeting on January 7th. So in a little over a month, we'll be meeting here for the uh, the first time. And we're hoping to make something big out of it. That's 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 a cool thing that's happening because we need more and more ancillary. We're talking before the show that, you know, us as free market medical associate or free market doctors, membership medicine doctors, we need as much help as we can mm-hmm. uh, on the other end with ancillary services sure. and certainly surgery is one yeah. of them. And you are the administrator of the Clearwater Orthopedic Surgery Center. Yep. So administrator of the Orthopedic Surgery Center of Clearwater, which because you're right, the, the concierge medicine, the, the patients coming in paying cash to be seen by their by their primary care physician, that's been going on for a very, very long time. But it's all the ancillary stuff, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to surgery. Most people don't think of, oh, surgery is something that I could pay, uh, I could pay cash for. Mm-hmm. Um, when really it is, especially in an ambulatory surgery center setting, where we can really control our prices. You know, we are seeing... I guess we kind of get accused of cherry picking our patients. We're seeing healthy patients, but that allows us to control our cost and keep our costs minimal. So there really isn't any reason why we can't have a set price and be able to share that with the public. Yeah. So, you know, you talked about cherry picking. I've heard the same thing and I don't know what that means. Um, because in a free market, that'd be like saying people who buy Bentleys cherry pick. Right. Or the customer, you know, the Bentley, uh, market sure. cherry picks customers right i don't know what that means no it, it's it's really us being able to determine our own price yeah. and, and, see and meet it. the needs of people who right. need it uh not everyone has you know they may not know this people out there but not everyone has these uh, lavish benefits that allow them to right. go and have surgery or gallbladder surgery certainly people in our practice business owners and things like that they're so self-insured so they don't really have the ability to, to just plunk down twenty thousand dollars Right. Or, you know, have their have their insurance pick it up because yeah. they're self-insured. Yeah. I, I, I like to think of it as the illusion of insurance a mm-hmm. lot of patients have. You know, they'll come in with a $10,000, $12,000 deductible. That, that That's not having insurance. That, that's making you feel like you have insurance. It's having it's a illusion. card. It's having coverage. Yeah. So those patients will actually, they prefer just to pay us cash, especially mm-hmm. if they're young and healthy and not expecting to ever meet their deductible right. at the end of the year. And because they can pay you cash, yeah. that a lot of times is like, let's say they pay their deductible. Let's say they have a knee surgery. Mm-hmm. They may pay their deductible, have their knee surgery at a covered hospital and pay $20,000 or right. they could come to your center and pay 5000 Right. Absolutely. And either either way to them, it's still five thousand dollars. Because part of it's also taking the the fear of the surprise off the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally find it uh, almost of an an ethical issue that a patient could go under anesthesia and wake up with an additional thousands of dollars in bills that they never were given the chance right. to make a decision about. Exactly. I had surgery once, and then uh, a whole year later, I got another bill, and it was it was for not a much sixty dollars or something. Mm-hmm. But I'm thinking. 
okay, is it worth, God, probably 15 hours of my time right. to figure out, is this $62 actually legitimate? Yeah. yeah. Or risk them sending me collections or just pay it. <laughs> I mean. And you're not off on that 15 hours because they will yeah. make you jump through hoops and transfer you and drop and, the and calls tell you, and do oh, whatever. Don't worry. We got it all figured out. Samantha over in collections has sorted it out. We put a note on your file. Right. And then you get a letter uh, a couple weeks later, mm-hmm. Allied Capital Management, uh, Collection Associates, and here you are. They're counting on people just giving up at, at that point. And, and, and they're right. And they're <laughs> right. But that's why I would do it to save time. So tell them about pr- tra- transparency of pricing. So sure. in your surgery center, if someone has a need for a surgery, mm-hmm. they can they can pretty much know what Absolutely. the cost of it is. So I guess our most common procedure that we do at our facility, being an orthopedic uh, facility, is a, a knee scope, which is a simple procedure where the doctor gets in there, takes a look around at the knee, cleans it up a little bit. It's it's very uh, um, simple and easy to do. It takes mm-hmm. about 45 minutes. Uh, a patient can go onto our website right now mm-hmm. and see that to have that procedure all in from the doctor's appointment uh, at the physician office uh, prior to surgery to get cleared for the surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll include the anesthesia service fees. It includes the facility fees. It includes the surgeon fee. It includes the 90 days of follow-up care following the procedure. Mm-hmm. All of that would be about $3,850. For for all the of that. Scope, for That's all of amazing. that. That's uh, amazing. If there's any pathology that needs to be done, it's all included. That's amazing. Uh, it's all included in it. What we have done, and I know some places... Uh, they vary on their, their method on this. We have found on our end that we prefer to include the implant cost in our bundled rates. Yeah, I think that... A lot of places don't do that. and that, yeah. that's, we, we started out not doing it and uh-huh. became more of a headache for us. Well, because people get the misconception as, oh, the hip replacement's that much. And they say, well, actually, it's this much because the implant costs so much. I got tired of saying your surgery is going to cost this much, but it could yeah. cost this much more depending on how many screws we use yes. or how many plates or people anything like that. People don't want to hear that. Nobody ever wants to hear the but. So... We've been doing it enough, and we have great relationships with our vendors. Mm-hmm. We have an average. We know what it's pretty much going to cost mm-hmm. from an implant standpoint to do a case. Mm-hmm. So we can include that number in our reimbursement. Yes, at some of the times, it ends up costing us more. And sometimes it, maybe the patient you know, is paying a little bit more than they, they needed to. But having that right. simplicity of cost, sure. we felt, outweighed the, uh, the headache of doing it kind of piecemeal and just paying... Because originally we had it, patient gets a fracture and mm-hmm. say their ankle and the doctor needs to put in some screws and plates. We would add up every screw. Yeah. The patient would pay for each one. Yeah. But the doctor doesn't know how much how right. many screws he needs until he actually gets in there and starts working. So we would tell the patient, you know, it may cost you 500 bucks in screws. It may cost mm-hmm. you 1000 bucks in screws. We don't know. Tell us about how you got started with all this. Because sure. originally you were from Lutz or you're right. from Tampa area and then yep. you went out to California. I did. I uh, went out to California to um, uh, to get my degree in uh, business and accounting and uh, to also meet my wife. I guess I, that was a good reason to, to go out there. I met her and got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, we came back here uh, with the family. I worked for Price Waterhouse for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully done with that. That, that you know Didn't enjoy <laughs> that work so much. But now being able to work in healthcare and get back into... Uh, um, surgery centers. I actually worked at my first surgery center when I was uh, 16 as just a little office gopher running around. So that's where I got my first taste of the You're lucky. I worked the benefits first, of it. <laughs> my first job was at Taco Bell. I would have loved to work at a surgery center. <laughs> well, I, I had great opportunity with that. So I, I've always loved uh, the ambulatory surgery center uh, mm-hmm. space. And an opportunity came up for me at a, a facility here in, uh, in Clearwater. Um, and at the time when I had first started, uh, my wife and I were pregnant with our first child. And uh, during the course of that pregnancy, about three months in, 
you know, we had, we were young, we had one of these high deductible plans like a lot of people have. It's really just there in case of an emergency. Sure. But we knew we could get pregnant, so we paid extra for the maternity rider mm-hmm. to cover the entire cost of, of labor and delivery and the whole pregnancy. So in case you ordeal. did get yeah, pregnant. Yeah, in case we got pregnant, I had to pay a right. copay and I was done. Right. Uh, well, in the midst of one of the uh, ultrasounds, the ultrasound tech said, looks like your son has a, a, a cleft palate or a cleft lip. Very common. Very common. And Blue Cross determined, I probably shouldn't say who the insurance company was, uh, but not watching. the insurance company said We're small uh, potatoes. that... Uh, you know, it was no longer going to be covered because yeah. they considered it high risk. Right. So now because of that, from then on out, I was fighting for every dollar because they were applying it to my deductible. So every specialist, we had a, uh, we were at one ultrasound where they brought in a doctor who came in and looked at it for about two minutes. I got billed for the tech, for the ultrasound, and for the doctor who came in for a few minutes. Um, every blood work, everything just became a fight that I had to to, yeah. to do. It becomes exhausting. Yeah, and I spent hours on the phone just just dealing with this. And I felt, you know, as an administrator of a healthcare facility, mm-hmm. that you know, while we may just be a simple independent facility, mm-hmm. that I can make a little difference in my little world. I've always kind of lived my life by that that Gandhi right. uh, expression. You know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Mm-hmm. This was my way of being a change in my little world. So yeah. I knew that I had to do something different to make a difference in the customers that I'm serving. And certainly you are because uh, how, where's the farthest that someone's traveled to come to your I've, facility? We've had North Carolina is okay. probably the uh, the farthest we've had people come down. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we partner a lot with... Uh, so there's a few uh, health sharing ministries that are sure. out there that are popular. Mm-hmm. Um, Samaritan Ministries, Christian mm-hmm. Health Sharing Ministries, mm-hmm. um, and so we're listed on their website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a lot of a lot of trade workers. I, yeah. I think we've seen some construction guys coming down. Um, yeah, we have people in our practice yeah. from the health sharing ministries. Yeah, so they uh, so they've traveled, and it was cheaper for them mm-hmm. to come down here. Uh, one of them brought their whole family. They rented a house and made a mm-hmm. vacation at it. Yeah. You know, the beautiful thing about being right in Clearwater is I'm minutes away from the beach. Yeah. So we have people who come down, have surgery, and recuperate on a hotel, you right. know, watching the sunset while they recover from surgery. So you, you really can't beat that. It's a great marketing yeah. it's ploy. Like, it's to, like the medical tourism industry. Yeah. It's like a lot of the it's sales. It's what we're doing. Yeah. yeah it, it really is. Except we you can have to do leave the country. Right. It's medical tourism right here in the country and there's no reason why we can't do that we just ran into an issue and it was unfortunately they, they got under the radar because uh, it was an issue with the physician's practice just didn't know uh, a patient needed ankle surgery uh-huh. we had the price listed on our website uh, uh-huh. to be done it was just an ankle fracture uh-huh. uh, the person at the office didn't know any better didn't think it could be done talked to the insurance company gave the cpt codes it was too expensive the patient ended up flying mm-hmm. to guatemala to have surgery that we could have done right down the road for less. So they flew to Guatemala just because of they were given some misinformation. Because the insurance company told them how much it would cost for them to have surgery mm-hmm. based upon the procedure codes and based upon their, their contracted rates. Yeah. So it, it's I think it's important for doing what you're doing, getting mm-hmm. the word out there, letting people know that there are other alternatives out there. And that's what we're trying to build here in Florida is creating that independent network of mm-hmm. like-minded physicians of facilities of healthcare providers that so, say that you know we can do this but let's work together to get that word out so talk about the free market medical association how you became associated with them sure uh well when i uh, was first kind of trying to do something new at our facility i came across an article in the uh, uh, outpatient surgery magazine mm-hmm. uh, it was an interview with uh, dr keith smith mm-hmm. and uh, he was talking about what he was doing out there in uh, oklahoma city I took a look at the website. 
uh, just fell in love with the idea. Um, I reached out to the to his group at the time, sent him an email. Mm-hmm. Uh, they then got me uh, connected with their free market medical association that was having their first ever uh, meeting in mm-hmm. August of that year. So I flew out for that. It was a it was a small meeting there in a, in Oklahoma City, and we just had the third meeting this past August, and it just seems to double every year. Oh, really? It just they they can't even fit in the original room because it's grown so much. Now the first meeting of the Florida chapter is occurring next year, correct? Next year, January seventh, mm-hmm. uh, two thousand seventeen. How do, right in how do people find out more about the uh, chapter? Uh, unfortunately, uh, well, actually, what they could do is if they go to FM. MA, mm-hmm. the Free Market Medical Association, mm-hmm. FMMA.org. Okay. Uh, there's a link on there for the Florida chapters. Okay. Uh, they can click right on that. It sends an email uh, okay. right to me, and then I can provide all that, that information. It's going to be right in St. Pete, uh, right on the beach, uh, one of the hotels. Uh, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., lunch provided. What is the charge? No charge. No charge. We, no charge for this. We we want to get people to see what's going on, hear about it, ask questions. It's just getting the people in the room. So so for all of you out there listening, I mean, that, that's a no-brainer for me in no. Tampa. I, I'll no. definitely be there. No. Uh, but even if you're not in Tampa, this mm-hmm. is a Florida I chapter. Wish, I wish I can get you a free room for the night, but unfortunately oh, I can't yeah. do that. But, no, that's okay. But you can at least come to the, uh, no, come to think, the event. And you have uh, your co-founder's name right. is who? Dr. Mangar, he's mm-hmm. the, the chief of anesthesia over at uh, Tampa General. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has ownership in a facility right here in the Tampa Bay area, mm-hmm. uh, the Tampa Outpatient Surgical Center. Mm-hmm. He's got a great passion for this. Uh, I met him. Uh, he went for the first time to the uh, to the FMMA meeting in mm-hmm. Oklahoma this past August. We hit it off, started talking about what we can do working together and building this. Um, it, I feel a lot of times I'm limited not being a physician. Right. That it, you know, I'm just another business guy trying to sell something. Yeah. Uh, but when you get a physician who buys in with the idea sure. and says, "Listen, I'm living this. This is making mm-hmm. a difference in my practice. Mm-hmm. This makes a difference in the patients I serve." I think you get other physicians who perk up to that and listen a little bit more because it's a peer telling them, right. not just some guy you know pushing numbers in an office right. somewhere. <laughs> yeah, but I think you're believable. I mean, you like yeah. you said, you started off mm-hmm. in this industry at age 16, so mm-hmm. it's not like you're you know yeah. used to be an executive over somewhere else. And right, just, right. Now you just got this title mm-hmm. and you're trying to figure it out on the way. You, yeah. you know this inside and, inside and a lot out. of it is, uh, and that's kind of the beauty of it. Some of it is making it up as you go along, mm-hmm. which is okay. Right. You know, we've come across problems well, and it's like, when well, you're a trailblazer, you can do that. Yeah, you can the, create the own, your, your own destiny, yeah. so to speak. We just we have to figure it out. But I think by coming together and working together, mm-hmm. um, we can avoid a lot of those pitfalls mm-hmm. because you, you get that group think, you, you work together, you talk these things out, mm-hmm. and it's amazing what people can do when they come together and, and try to work this stuff out. Yeah, we were talking earlier about some of the problems with dealing with people outside of our organizations and how they have this very siloed type of mm-hmm. Uh, they're trapped almost by their intellectual incuriosity. And I was right. telling you before about, you know, Dr. Josh, who's with Atlas MD and how we got connected with the, the podcast and, and, you know, the way that the EMR works is just so it's, it's, it's only for the Atlas MD EMR is only for physicians and patients. The interaction is built around that. Right. And that's the thing when you have a free market type of mm-hmm. uh, environment that you're allowed to become, um, that, I mean, that's the only reason that I do what I do is to satisfy patients. Yeah. And free markets are determined by patient uh, by patient uh, pleasure. And, you know, it's like uh, there's a lot of this talk in the news today about, not today, but recently about the minimum wage and how, mm-hmm. you know, the minimum wage should be $15 or the minimum wage should be higher or be mm-hmm. whatever. 
And, uh, you know, Walter Williams says that wages are the prices paid to you based on how well you satisfy your uh, fellow man. Mm -hmm. And so I am paid based on how well I satisfy my fellow man. The the surgery center is paid based on how well they satisfy the customer Mm -hmm. who is coming there for surgery. And Atlas MD is built around that. And if you want to learn more about Atlas MD, go to AskDrTommy.com and click on special offer for Atlas MD. And if you're a physician out there and you do membership medicine, you get 60 day free trial. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, I think that, um, you know, this movement that we're talking about earlier, we're talking about like, uh, how I think it's unstoppable, right? I think there's going to be roadblocks mm-hmm. legislative, mm-hmm. but I think the popular will of the people is for price, price transparency, mm-hmm. For immediacy of attention, for personalized attention. You're going to get this. uh, The innovation is going to come out of it when you're being forced and pigeonholed into these uh, specific way of doing things. You know, even with like the Atlas MD, Mm -hmm. you you have all these EMR systems out there that have to follow a set rule. But if you can think outside the box and do something a little bit different, you can actually truly meet the needs of the people uh, that we're called to serve. You you brought up the, uh, the $15 an hour minimum wage thing. Uh, you have you have a government that's telling us that we need to do this. Mm-hmm. And what I just saw the other day was a McDonald's that yeah. now has touch screens mm-hmm. that are replacing the employees. Yeah. You have innovation coming out of you know, this the government forcing you to do something that doesn't make sense for you as a business. Well, the, the important thing, in, and the, this is something that's a little nuanced, because here's the thing. Is, is there a good... Um, What's the word for it? Is there good intentions behind the minimum wage being fifteen dollars? I think so. I think mm-hmm. if you take the average person and ask them, should you know, should people have a living wage? Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question is, is how do you arrive at that, and right. how do you arrive at getting a, a wage that's fifteen dollars an hour? Mm-hmm. Well, the best way to do that is to be able to produce quality or produce a, a product that exceeds fifteen dollars an hour, mm-hmm. because otherwise, to be employed, mm-hmm. uh, you will never be able to make a profit for a business, and a business will never right. stay in business. Right. So the best way to make fifteen dollars an hour is to be worth more than fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing, and then the second thing is why? Why fifteen? I couldn't live off fifteen dollars an hour. I wouldn't work for fifteen dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Hell, make it a hundred. Make it a hundred dollars mm-hmm. an hour. So you have to be able mm-hmm. to understand the way economics are, yeah. and. Uh, a $15 an hour wage is not livable for me. Right. And so certainly it's not a living wage. I don't consider it a living mm-hmm. wage, but you have to depend. It has to be able to, what happens is, is entry level people are being uh, not allowed to be in the market now, mm-hmm. because if you are so unfortunate as that your skill set is not enough to justify a $15 an hour wage, mm-hmm. let's say I want to have someone come in here and just scan documents. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's worth $10 an hour. Sure. And you pass $15 an hour wage. Well, then suddenly I am not able to employ that person by law. Right. Yeah, because we we're all bound by our own costs and everything that we have to meet to be able to run Mm-hmm. Uh, to be able to run the company, so you're you're absolutely right. And then, like you said, and then the, what happens is back to what you said about the uh, McDonald's. The people lose, yeah. lose their job. Yeah, and and we have the uh, you know th- that that innovation though that can come out of it. What we've done here now with the the Free Market Medical Association and with trying to produce uh, these transparent prices, a lot of that is a result of you know the insurance companies, the hospital systems we've been set into this this way of thinking mm-hmm. that if we can come outside of that and think outside the box, we yep. can actually produce a better product Absolutely. at a lower cost. Absolutely. There's no reason surgeries should be you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You, you always see in the newspaper some crazy article that talks about some patient who got upset because of a uh, a crazy bill that that they yeah. received. None of that is necessary. There's mm-hmm. a fair price for what you're doing. And you know, being able to set that price in the same way that... 
Listen, I can go tonight and I can eat at McDonald's. I can go tonight and I can eat at an Applebee's or I can go to Fleming's. Mm-hmm. They're all going to be different prices, but right. I get to make that choice Absolutely. as a consumer. And our people that, that we serve, our customers, should be able to make that price as well when it comes to their surgery. Mm-hmm. You know, I could charge if I wanted to. You know, I mentioned earlier the, the $3,850 for the knee scope. Mm-hmm. I could charge $10,000 yeah. for it. And there will be some people that are okay with paying that price. Yeah. And there are some people that maybe the 3850 is still too much. Mm-hmm. So you have to find where you want to fit in, you know, your, your little niche as a, as a healthcare facility mm-hmm. and who's the population that you're serving. Set your prices accordingly and adjust as needed. Yeah. If there was more competition in my area, prices maybe, would be lower. maybe my prices would have to go down to stay competitive. Or maybe I say, listen, you're a multi-specialty facility who's doing all sorts of stuff. I'm a single specialty ortho. This is all we do. My staff are experts in it. And you can My charge doctors, more. You should be paying me more Absolutely. for the experience that you have and for our expertise. But allow me as a business person to make that decision. Yeah. And about the point about if there was more of you, if there were more of us, our prices would probably go down. The reason right. why is not because we would be doing, because we're like hoarding all this money right now and now right. we're just going to have to... <laughs> Be more generous. The reason why is because our vendors mm-hmm. would also mm-hmm. have more competition. So right. there, if there was more labs that I mm-hmm. could go to, if there were mm-hmm. more pharmacies that I could go to, mm-hmm. because we give labs and medications away mm-hmm. to our, not give them away, we, we mm-hmm. give those to our patients at our mm-hmm. price. If those prices dropped, then we'd be able to uh, have more patients come in because it'd be more attractive. And I think that that is another piece of the puzzle that hopefully will be kind of a trickle-down uh, impact on all of this, is the cost of actually... You know the actual cost of healthcare, the mm-hmm. cost of the supplies, the cost of implants. Mm-hmm. There's just as there's varying degrees of cost for surgery, mm-hmm. the, the 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 separation in price on implants that could be the exact same thing made from the exact same place, but depending upon the vendor, mm-hmm. the prices are just in complete extremes mm-hmm. from each other. So we we have a problem with the cost of care as well when it comes mm-hmm. to especially for the high dollar orthopedic uh, stuff that we do. Um, you, you really have to stay on top of that. But the hope is that if you bring competition into uh, the, the healthcare setting mm-hmm. in actual surgical services, hopefully that will translate and have an impact on what we're paying for uh, actual care because there is a substantial cost. People get upset when they see that the you know we have uh, spine surgeries uh, that are on there for almost twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, but when you're paying that's your for spine, you're paying for. But the implant costs themselves could cost ten thousand dollars. Right, and that's your spine. It's yeah. not your toe. Right, it, it's expensive <laughs> stuff to do. If it's uh, messed to do up surgery. Yeah, I always thought that the most the, the people who should get paid the most mm-hmm. um, are people that are like a brain surgeon. Could right. you imagine how much a brain surgeon should oh, yeah. be paid? I mean, they're yeah. operating on your brain. We have spine cases that, that get done where we have to hook the patients up to neuromonitors mm-hmm. just to be able to track what's going on. So when the doctor's in there on the spine, that they're not hitting the wrong spot or they're getting too close to a certain nerve they shouldn't hit right. because it can have a devastating impact. I mean, that's that's make you sweat surgery. That, yeah, that's it's different a, than taking out a lipoma. Yeah, that, that's I a mean, that's a big <laughs> deal. So we're doing what I do, paid, you know, injecting uh, a knee, which I can probably <laughs> do blindfolded. So you should be paid accordingly for uh, you know the, the high risk, you know high dollar 
work. So tell us a little bit about uh, the surgery center itself, how it got started, sure. and uh, some of the people who are involved besides yourself. Sure. So the facility opened up in, uh, in 2001 uh, with a group of about uh, nine physicians wanting to uh, remain independent, nine orthopedic uh, doctors. Um, they, they just built the thing from the uh, inside out, gutted the whole place. It's been a blood bank. I think it's a 50-year-old building, but they just gave it a whole new uh, fresh coat of paint, set it up for the surgery, mm-hmm. gave it four operating rooms, were 11,000 square feet. Uh, I wish I could say that our operating rooms were operating at capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, uh, which was part of uh, you know what this is helping us uh, to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was uh, maybe about five years ago, uh, some competition came into town, but not the good time kind of competition. So this was a facility that opened up that uh, introduced what's known as an out-of-network strategy right. where they don't take any uh, in-network insurance. And so they can charge whatever you want. The thing that people don't seem to understand about healthcare is that you can charge whatever you want. It's completely arbitrary. I could charge $200,000 for that knee scope. doesn't mean the insurance company is going to pay it. Right. But I could charge whatever I want. Mm-hmm. So you set your charges. And if you're out-of-network, the insurance company's deal is that they'll pay a percentage of those charges. Mm -hmm. That's the deal that the insurance company works with the person they're insuring. Right. But the understanding is that if you go to an out-of-network facility, you, the patient, should be taking on more of the out-of-pocket expense. Everyone can agree with that. The insurance company will pay 50%. Patient needs to pay 50%. But that's your privilege of being able to go to an out-of-network place. Well, what's happening is that if the patient goes to one of these out-of-network facilities... And the, the facility collects from the insurance company, mm-hmm. but doesn't collect from the patient. They're making a lot of money off mm-hmm. of the insurance company, and the patient's getting surgery for free. Right. So the patient has no incentive to stop that because they're getting sure. free surgery. And the facility, you know, they may be making twenty thousand dollars on a knee scope, where the insurance company is only paying me two thousand dollars. Right. That's a big difference. That's like printing money. So hopefully, as time has gone on, more and more people are catching on that this is not. Is not right. Is not ethically right. Is not morally right. right. Uh, should not even be considered legally right. So there was a case out in California where Aetna sued a facility doing this, and uh, thankfully Aetna won like thirty-seven million dollars uh, off of this uh, this uh, settlement. So hopefully that will create a domino effect. Well, we won't see that because mm-hmm. that 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 is bad for the system. It's not what we stand for uh, as a surgery center industry. Uh, we are the low cost, high care provider. Uh, we're not here to take advantage of or to take advantage of loopholes and screw the system essentially just to be able to make more money. And it's owned by it's owned by physicians. It does have a it does have a a, a corporate owner, mm-hmm. which uh, I probably shouldn't say out, out in the public, so uh-huh. I won't. Um, but they do have it, it's it's a big national company that, okay. that does this all over the country. Okay. This isn't just them. Mm-hmm. They have facilities all over the country, and this is their business model. Mm-hmm. No, but I'm in. talking about the surge, uh, Clearwater. Clearwater, we're completely independently owned. Mm-hmm. You know, we we don't do this. Um, it just didn't feel right. Yeah, uh, but for me, so so the people who are working on you are the actual mm-hmm. ones who are invested in the business. Right. So it's not some. So as an as an independent facility, our owners, faceless board yeah. of directors over there who are just yep. trying to like they 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 need to make sure that right. the people who come through there are happy with the right. service, which gives us great flexibility because right. now. So that's why what was great about even this is, I, I saw it, I, I built it. I came up with you know how we were going to implement it at mm-hmm. the facility. I sat down with my board of directors. They gave me the go-ahead, and I was off and running. A lot of times when you deal with uh, surgery centers that are part of a more national uh, group, some of the larger guys, 
you know, you have a lot of hoops that you have to jump through, a lot of red tape, a lot of getting approval from from you know this, this department, this, this department, this department. It just becomes a big thing. You know, we saw a problem, we came up with a solution, and we hit the ground running, and it, it's worked really well for us. Um, at first, when we first started doing this, it was really you know, we were targeting the individual um, patients themselves. How do we reach that patient who might want to pay? Uh, the one with the high deductible, the person who doesn't have insurance. But what we found over time, the real market for this is the self-funded employers. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like uh, with private companies that have more than 500 employees, 85% of them self-insured. are self-funded. Yep. And I think if it's over 100 employees, mm-hmm. it's that between 100 and 500, it's 65% are self-funded. And I think so that's know, a big number. That's, that's the real customer. And you guys are a logical partner for membership medicine doctors. Mm-hmm. You guys being your industry is, um, you know, outpatient services that are, um, can be expensive. Right. Because like you said, for those self-insured companies, if you're a company with say, 500 employees, right. uh, you could partner with a group that has uh, all of the uh, medical services covered by a mm-hmm. membership medicine doctor and then surgery services covered by a surgery center and then you could really winnow down the cost yeah, of your uh, health you insurance so it's a matter of you know getting those those third-party administrators that manage the plans for the self-funded employers you know getting the self-funded groups to find a way to get plugged into those groups right now we're all operating separately we're all mm-hmm. kind of doing our own thing so that's the hope with the the free market medical association sure. with this specifically with the Florida chapter is that we can come together and be this one-stop shop mm-hmm. for all of this care. So that way, when the TPA comes to us, they can see that we're all in one place. There's no mm-hmm. having to go and call a, you know, a dozen right. different facilities. And then the goal would be for the future is to get these TPAs not just coming to you mm-hmm. because uh, they're trying to give you business. They're coming to you because they need you. Right. You know, it's, yeah. it's not, you know, I want to get to the point of where we as the service providers aren't just the ones who are out there saying, please pick me. They're coming to us and saying, yeah, please allow us to work with you. Right. We, that's we, the way it should be. I mean, turn we, it on its head. It, yeah, it's definitely a exactly. disruption of the system. But but that's how we're that's how we're truly going to change healthcare in this mm-hmm. country. And it's starting small. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said earlier, I just wanted to figure out what I could do with my one little facility and mm-hmm. how I can make a difference. And this is just going to snowball. And it's something that I don't think can be stopped. And mm-hmm. it's going to actually create good and it's coming from innovators it's coming from business leaders it's coming from physicians directly Mm -hmm. it's not some bureaucrat or Mm -hmm. some government official telling us you have to do this i saw something before it was uh, actually printed by michael tatro who's the editor Mm -hmm. in chief of concierge medicine today Mm -hmm. and he had something that was from a a, a canadian journal he has a canadian Mm -hmm. concierge medicine canada and they had a uh, they have an mri machine ban on there out there in Canada mm-hmm. unless you can have a private MRI but you have to be able to for everyone that pays privately you have to do one scan off of the the list the waiting list gotcha and so they're like okay we'll do that fine yeah. we'll we'll be glad to do that and then I guess they were doing so many of them that the uh, local uh, chieftain administrator from their uh, healthcare bureaucracy said you know something to the effect that they were criticizing them and then there was a one of the administrators of an outpatient imaging center said, yeah. "Hey, look, you know they're telling us we need to innovate, and yet when we innovate, they they tell us stop innovating. Right? But that's the what you get with these big central planning organizations, and yeah. and and they know as much about innovation as uh, you know I know about 
uh, mm-hmm. basket weaving underwater, you know. Mm-hmm. So they they go to these meetings and they say, "Okay, guys, innovate." It's like the uh, BS bingo. Have you ever seen mm-hmm. that? Where they have the yeah. it's like <laughs> think outside the box, innovate, right. uh, mm-hmm. game plan, circle mm-hmm. back, and once mm-hmm. you hit all of those, you get bingo. Mm-hmm. So they hear the word innovate, and mm-hmm. that's what they tell people: like, we're going to be innovative as a central planning organization, but they don't yeah. know how to innovate. Yeah, they're no more innovative than uh, you know. I mean, if they left in to be innovative, we would still be driving horses and buggies. And I do think it, it, it is tough, and I can understand where they're coming from and, and wanting to do good things. I know uh, Representative Chris Sprawls out of here in Florida uh, passed a healthcare transparency bill mm-hmm. with the greatest of intentions. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think you know, there's this uh, quote, I might be butchering a little bit, but Governor Scott said that you can never expect healthcare to fix healthcare because there's just there's too much money in it for right, them. There's no they're reason. never gonna they're never gonna fix their own problem. Right. So it will take, you know, people like yourself, people mm-hmm. like me, other like minded people who say that's you know, this may at some point if it impacts the bottom line in a negative way, we gotta be okay with that. Right. I might be getting less from certain insurance companies or from work comp or from whoever but that's the cost of doing something right. And, doing and I think it's good. doing the thing that even if it is in, at some level you lose money or you, you don't do as well, it is the wave of the future. It is. I mean, I can't see how there's going to be people who it's the right thing do, do things on demand, like watch yeah. movies on demand, mm-hmm. uh, get um, uh, be able to um, get um, tra- taxis on demand, mm-hmm. except you know, not taxi, but Uber on demand. Yeah. <clears throat> there's no way they're going to that same type of mentality this immediacy mm-hmm. of attention this immediacy mm-hmm. of information they're not going to just say okay but i will go into a surgery and not know the cost of it right. down to the penny and i'm okay with that yeah. they're not okay with that and they're I, not going to ever be i don't know about you but i know like when when i go to a restaurant i've already seen the menu and i basically figured out what i'm going to order before right. i even step foot through the door because mm-hmm. i've gone on yelp i've gone on some online site right. i've read the reviews i know what i want to get we as consumers in this we're generation, used we're used to going on and figuring it all out ahead mm-hmm. of time. Absolutely. But we don't do that with healthcare. The thing that could literally save our lives. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. It, it, it's like you're supposed to, it's, it's always surprising to me the people that will be, like you said, like do all that and then go wait in a doctor's office for three hours yeah. to be seen for five minutes. Mm-hmm. And thank I, them for it. And thank yeah. the doctor for it. <laughs> yeah. Or be mad about it, but still show up again in three yeah. months. Yeah. Like I say, you know, there is not a... If I wasn't a concierge medicine doctor and I didn't have the mm-hmm. ways that I could get medical attention the way I need to from mm-hmm. friends and colleagues... Uh, I would never sit in an office for that long. Yeah. If there was a if there was a guy that does what I do within fifty miles, I would mm-hmm. drive there. Yeah. Just because I cannot mm-hmm. afford that. Yeah. A and it would drive me up a wall. So I don't I don't know. I think but I think people don't know any different. Like you said, like if someone has a knee problem, they may they may end up paying twenty thousand dollars because they don't know about So we options. do have to change in getting that word out there and getting people to realize that there is this opportunity. So when we talk about even from the financial side of the upside for physicians like yourself or facilities like mine you know the great potential for this is in getting the word out there mm-hmm. you know this can be very lucrative we we can make really good money doing this this isn't mm-hmm. about just being a, a charity i'm not right. running a charity i have a board of directors yeah. that invested their good hard-earned money into mm-hmm. it they want to make more money and this is a way to do that it takes a little bit of building it takes about you know getting the word takes out taking there and risk too and it takes, you know, getting, especially, the, you know, the employer groups, the mm-hmm. self-funded employers. If you had, uh, there's one uh, facility out in Orlando, and all they do is carpal tunnels surgeries for all Disney employees. 
So there's a, a, an organization that's sure. self-funded. They've direct contracted now Absolutely. with a facility, and they now have the dollars rolling in from that. Mm-hmm. Now, that's just a simple little small example. But if we did that on a bigger scale, mm-hmm. you know, using a lot of these third-party uh, companies that are out there to benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one right here locally in, uh, in Oldsmar, Florida, uh, PriceMDs, uh, mm-hmm. PriceMDs.com. They have you know, the ability to do that. So now the employers can go in and in a one-stop shop, find all the physicians from the primary cares to the, to the specialist, to the, to the um, surgery centers to find the right price uh, for them. And they're making the money the right way because they're making yeah. money by being smarter, by yeah. saving money and being more efficient, not because they're forcing someone to buy something. Right. You know, Disney didn't go to this company because they were forced to by the government. Disney right. went to them by choice mm-hmm. because they found them to be the most effective mm-hmm. solution. So if you go to Price MDs, you find the most effective solution right. versus, uh, you know, you're, you're, that's why they're, you know, that's why any business is like mm-hmm. a real mm-hmm. successful business. Back in the old days, businesses used to become successful by beating their competition, beating the pants off their competition. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of the way the business has become successful is they go to Washington, mm-hmm. they pay some lobbyists to yeah. say, pass a law that punishes yeah. my competition and rewards me, mm-hmm. and then I'll give you a little bit on the back end. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, and so we have, to, we have to get out of that mindset. Yeah. We, have to change, we have to change our physicians' mindsets. We have to change the public that we're serving. And it's not even, and I shouldn't even use the word changing the mindset. It's opening their eyes to the possibility of, of what we can do because there is great potential here. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of it. Uh, it. It gives me great joy to do this. I get excited about work and what I do every day because I feel as though I'm doing the right thing in, in service to my community and service to, to my doctors who, who employ me. Um, and it, it makes you excited for the future of, of, of what we can do in healthcare. So tell us again how to get a hold of both uh, the Free sure. Market Medical Association and your surgery center. Sure. So our surgery center, if you want to go on and, and take a look at the prices, it has a lot of frequently asked questions, how the process works. Uh, so we're uh, OSCC.org, like Omega, Sam, Charlie, Charlie, okay. .org. Um, and you can go visit that. Uh, if you want to learn more about the Free Market Medical Association, that's the FMMA. Dot org, mm-hmm. uh, and they have a link right on there for the Florida chapter that sends an email directly to me. And then to, to find out information about the uh, the meeting that's coming up, email me. Um, okay. But it, it is on January seventh. If you want to mark your calendars, okay. ten a.m. to two p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, out in uh, beautiful St. Pete Beach. Well, thank you so much for coming on and educating us about it. And happy the, to do it. You know, I've been involved with free market medicine now for four years, and I wasn't until we were introduced uh, just recently right. by uh, our. Uh, Mutual friend. Mutual friend that we uh, even met each other. So, But I'm glad we finally did meet each other. It's all networking. We just got to let each other know we're out there. That's (laughs) right. And uh, so for all of you out there listening, I encourage you to go visit those websites. And if you're a physician or interested, or if you're a business, business, they're they're eligible to come to the meeting as well. Absolutely. You know, we'll we'll have a lot of good fun, sounds like, and uh, look forward to continual fruitful relationship. and, uh, And thank you again for coming on today. Thank you for having me. And so for all of you out there listening, if you want to learn more about Ask Dr. Tommy's show, go to AskDrTommy.com. You can click on Dr. Tommy Live, which is what we're watching now. You can do the Ask Dr. Tommy Show podcast, and there's also a whole plethora of information on there. There's commentary. There's lighthearted stuff. There's serious stuff. There's uh, stuff about music, stuff about boxing, stuff about celebrities, and then stuff about medicine and uh, also There is a patient's tab and a physician's tab to learn more about free market medical solutions. But thank you all for joining us. And until next time, 
Take care and bye-bye.